Chapter Seventeen of the Adventures of Captain Hatteras, Part Two The Field of Ice. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Adventures of Captain Hatteras, Part Two The Field of Ice by Jules Verne. Chapter Seventeen Altamont's Revenge. Next morning, as the fine weather still continued, the hunters determined to have another search for the musk-ox. It was only fair to give Altamont a chance, with a distinct understanding that he should have the right of firing, however fascinating the game they might meet. Besides, the flesh of the musk-ox, though a little too highly impregnated with the smell, is savory food, and the hunters would gladly carry back a few pounds of it to Fort Providence. During the first part of the day nothing occurred worth mentioning, but they noticed a considerable change in the aspect of the country, and appearances seemed to indicate that they were approaching a hilly region. This new America was evidently either a continent or an island of considerable extent. Duke was running far ahead of his party when he stopped suddenly short, and began sniffing the ground as if he had caught scent of game. Next minute he rushed forward again with extreme rapidity and was speedily out of sight But loud distinct barking convinced the hunters that the faithful fellow had at last discovered the desired object They hurried onwards and after an hour and a half's quick walking found him standing in front of two formidable looking animals and barking furiously the doctor recognized them at once as belonging to the muskox or ovibos genus as naturalists call it by the very wide horns touching each other at their base by the absence of muzzle and by the narrow square chanfron resembling that of a sheep and by the very short tail their hair was long and thickly matted and mixed with fine brown silky wool these singular-looking quadrupeds were not the least afraid of duke though extremely surprised but at first glimpse of the hunters they took flight and it was no easy task to go after them for half an hour swift running brought them no nearer and made the whole party so out of breath that they were forced to come to a halt confound the beasts said altamont yes altamont i'll make them over to you replied clawbonny they are true americans and they don't appear to have a very favorable idea of their fellow countrymen that proves our hunting prowess rejoined altamont Meantime the oxen finding themselves no longer pursued had stopped short further pursuit was evidently useless If they were to be captured at all they must be surrounded and the plateau which they first happened to have reached was very favorable for that purpose Leaving Duke to worry them they went down by the neighboring ravines and got to one end of the plateau Where Altamont and the doctor hid themselves behind projecting rocks while Hatteras went on to the other end, intending to startle the animals by his sudden appearance, and drive them back towards his companions. "'I suppose you have no objection this time to bestow a few bullets on these gentry,' said Altamont. "'Oh, no. It is a fair field now, and no favor,' returned Clawbonny. The oxen had begun to shake themselves impatiently at Duke, trying to kick him off when Hatteras started up right in front of them, shouting and chasing them back. This was the signal for Altamont and the doctor to rush forward and fire. But at the sight of the two assailants, the terrified animals wheeled round and attacked Hatteras. 
He met their onset with a firm steady foot and fired straight at their heads But both his balls were powerless and only served still further to madden the enraged beasts They rushed upon the unfortunate man like furies and threw him on the ground in an instant He is a dead man exclaimed the doctor in despairing accents a tremendous struggle was going on in Altamont's breast at the sight of his prostrate foe and Though his first impulse was to hasten to his help he stopped short battling with himself and his prejudices But his hesitation scarcely lasted half a second his better self conquered and exclaiming No, it would be cowardly. He rushed forward with Clawbonny Hatteras full well understood how his rival felt but would rather have died than have begged his intervention However, he had hardly time to think about it before Altamont was at his side He could not have held out much longer for it was impossible to ward off the blows of horns and hooves of two such powerful antagonists And in a few minutes more he must have been torn to pieces But suddenly two shots resounded and Hatteras felt the balls graze his head Courage shouted Altamont flinging away his discharged weapon and throwing himself right in front of the raging animals one of them shot to the heart fell dead as he reached the spot while the other dashed madly on Hatteras and was about to gore the unfortunate captain with his horns when Altamont plunged his snow knife far into the beast's wide open jaws with one hand and with the other dealt him such a tremendous blow on the head with his hatchet that the skull was completely split open it was done so quickly that it seemed like a flash of lightning and all was over the second ox lay dead and Clawbonny shouted hurrah hurrah Hatteras was saved He owed his life to the man. He hated the most what a storm of conflicting passions This must have roused in his soul, but where was the emotion? He could not master However his action was prompt whatever his feeling might be without a moment's hesitancy He went up to his rival and said in a grave voice Altamont you have saved my life you saved mine replied the American there was a moment's silence and then Altamont added where quits Hatteras No Altamont said the captain when the doctor dragged you out of your icy tomb I did not know who you were But you saved me at the peril of your own life knowing quite well who I was Why you're a fellow creature at any rate and whatever faults an American may have he is no coward No indeed said the doctor he is a man every inch as much as yourself Hatteras and Like me he shall have part in the glory that awaits us the glory of reaching the North Pole asked Altamont Yes replied Hatteras proudly I guessed right then said Altamont and you have actually dared to conceive such a project Oh, it is grand. I tell you it is sublime even to think of it But tell me said Hatteras in a hurried manner you are not bound for the pole then yourself Altamont hesitated come speak out man urged the doctor well to tell the truth I was not and the truth is better than self-love No, I had no such grand purpose in view. I was trying to clear the Northwest Passage and that was all Altamont said Hatteras holding out his hand be our companion to glory come with us and find the North Pole the two men clasped hands in a warm hearty grasp and the bond of friendship between them was sealed when they turned to look for the doctor they found him in tears ah friends he said wiping his eyes you have made me so happy it is almost more than i can bear 
you have sacrificed this miserable nationality for the sake of the common cause you have said what does it matter if only the pole is discovered whether it is by an englishman or an american why should we brag of being american or english when we can boast that we are men the good little man was beside himself with joy he hugged the reconciled enemies to his bosom and cemented their friendship by his own affection to both at last he grew calm after at least a twentieth embrace and said it is time i went to work now since i am no hunter i must use my talents in another direction and he began to cut up the oxen so skillfully that he seemed like a surgeon making a delicate autopsy his two companions looked on smiling and in a few minutes the adroit operator had cut off more than a hundred pounds of flesh this he divided into three parts each man took one and they retraced their steps to fort providence at ten o'clock they arrived at doctor's house where johnson and bell had a good supper prepared for them but before sitting down to enjoy it the doctor exclaimed in a jubilant tone and pointing to his two companions my dear old johnson I took out an American and an Englishman with me, didn't I? Yes, Mr. Clawbonny. Well, I bring back two brothers. This was joyous news to the sailors, and they shook hands warmly with Altamont, while the doctor recounted all that had passed, and how the American captain had saved the English captain's life. That night no five happier men could have been found than those that lay sleeping in the little snow house. End of chapter 17